More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. Sol Domenka, Connectivity Through Indigenous Collaboration. Sol Domenka, a natural reserve and boutique eco-resort on the outskirts of Minca, Colombia, inspires its guests to reconnect with their surroundings in the most authentic way possible. With their indigenous neighbors, the Arhuaco, Kogi, Wiwa, and Kankwamo, guiding the way, the family initiative emphasizes sustainability, respect for the land, and reverence for its people's wisdom. Soldominka sources and grows native crops to feed themselves and their guests who stay in comfortable rooms constructed with the traditional clay method. Their success is a combination of the family's knowledge and experience, together with the literal and spiritual guidance of the area's indigenous leaders. It's a modern business built with traditional materials and operated with indigenous cultural values in mind. We spoke with Vivian Jaramillo, anthropologist and co-owner of Sol Dominga, about their collaboration with neighboring communities, operating a business with Sierra Nevada indigenous values in mind, and what indigenous leaders there are saying about the pandemic. Enjoy this episode with Viviana. Tell us a little bit more about the business itself, like what exactly it is that you guys are doing and when you started out. Yeah, we started in 2013. Like always to track the history of the project is very difficult because it's like a, when when we got together, everyone had a life history that brought us together in that moment. Mm. For example, my father, he always wanted to preserve a mountain to do a conservation project in one mountain. So when my sister came to live here in this small town that we are living in the mountains, they decided they would give a land to us, to my sister and myself. So my father could kind of uh, become true his dream of preserving a land. So it was in 2013 when my parents decided to give a land to my sister and myself. She was living here with her husband and they found the land. We bought the land and it's very nice in terms of our relationship with indigenous communities that because we were always so open to be close to nature, the indigenous communities from here, they are the guardians of these lands. And we want to be the guardians of the lands we have. So we always knew they were the best guides for us to know how to live here. Since mm. we have our ears and our hearts open to work with them, since the first days they wanted to come inside the land, they met one friend that was with one indigenous spiritual leader and they asked him to come to the land. And then they came to the land and they did an opening ritual to for us to be able to be in that land so since the beginning we planted the seed the spiritual seed of this project with the indigenous communities from here then we just knew always that we wanted to grow our our own food and my sister she's an ecologist i am an anthropologist my parents both of them are school teachers Mm. so we are always very close to education and preserving nature so we always knew we wanted to grow our own food and maybe do a little bit of uh, environmental education. Then with the time, we saw that many people wanted to stay in the place and yeah. that we also needed some constant income to keep the project going. 
like that, we started to build the houses to host people in the reserve. And another key part of our project is the kitchen. We have a vegetarian conscious kitchen. So we, we run the kitchen mostly with local products, like the products we can grow in the farm. And also we try to have food that is like traditional Colombian food, but it's also a little bit shifted to vegetarianism. That is like the business kind of a thing. But we are also, we also do a very um, important um, community work. We are part of the environmental group of the town because this town changed very fast the last two years. So it was not ready to have as many tourists as it has now. So we help to organize the garbage situation. We are promoting the use of uh, compost toilets and things like that. And with the indigenous friends, um, because it's mostly for us also like a friendship that we develop with them. You're speaking of the indigenous people. We're speaking now, and tell me if I'm pronouncing this right, we're speaking of the Arhaukos people, is that right? Yeah, in La Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta, which is where we are, which is the highest coast mountain by the sea in the world, and that has uh, all the climates you can find from the sea to the snow peaks, we have four indigenous communities. These four indigenous communities, they think of themselves as the four legs of one table. That table is the heart of the world, and the heart of the world for them is La Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta. So the Aruacos, they are one of the four communities. Each community has their own language, but all the languages, they come from the same linguistic family. They all have their own dressing codes, and the main goal in life for them, and all the philosophy, all the religion, all everything goes around taking care of nature, taking care of La Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta, and keeping the harmony and the balance in La Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta. And for them to keep the balance is very, very difficult. Because when you go with their view, you see that everything you do is just um, unbalancing everything. Like if you want to make a house, then you have to cut trees, then you have to move soil, then yeah. you are interrupting the balance. So all the time they are doing many rituals and they are consulting with nature what they can do. You know, when you see the world and how it's moving, also like, you know, you see, uh, I mean, the fact that we can talk to each other right now, you know, like this, which is incredible, right? Like I would have never yeah. known about you uh, probably yeah. even 30, 40 years ago, this would have been impossible for us to do. So mm -hmm. we have this digitalized world and this world that is globalized and everybody is actually, you know, you now with the Corona, we feel it, right? Like when there's a, a virus that happens in China, everybody gets sick, uh -huh. right? So what do you think are the most important things that we can learn from the indigenous communities in order to conduct modern business? Like we understand modern business, right? Like, and your business is modern. I mean, it is still, even though you're basing it on traditional values, etc. but you have a modern business model. So you have ecotourism, you have mm -hmm. organic foods, everything that's very contemporary right now. So tell us, What are the things that we can learn from them that are compatible with, you think, how, like, you know, we do business today with all the technology as well? What do you think are the main lessons? We always knew that we wanted to take care of nature, but then with their presence, that is something you can never forget. So in terms of any business you want to do, even in the city or here, because sometimes we forget it, we are not that connected 
deeply connected with nature. You have to see whatever you do, what is the impact it is having to nature, towards nature, and how you are helping to keep the balance in nature. Because anything you ask to them, anything, they just say like, what is nature thinking? What is nature feeling? What are you doing to nature? Because the main reason we are being like this is that we just got disconnected. So we just run a business. You can see all the positive things that you are doing, negative things that you are doing, the impact in the negative way or in the positive way. Uh For them, anything you do is to promote the taking care of nature, which is the main thing we already know we lost in the society. What is the role of technology now? in the view of the indigenous people, like in the way that you guys are doing this now, you know, all the digital technology that's here, the communication technology. One thing with technology is that technology can help in, in some ways to preserve a tradition. We always try to keep the balance in between living in a traditional way and using technology to mm-hmm. have a real permacultural life. Mm-hmm. When we have people in the reserve, We do a a little tour where we explain about the indigenous communities. And then at the end, we show a video of the mamos, the spiritual leaders of La Sierra, where they speak to people their word. And these videos are very, very special because these videos were made in the 90s by a team that was just indigenous people. And the mamos, the spiritual leaders that were always in the mountain that didn't speak to anyone, because they were like secret and they were kept safe. They called this group of indigenous uh, youths and of indigenous yeah. people and told them, come here, we want to say something to the world. We need you to record this. And then they made a series of videos where they spoke to the world, whatever they think. So it's very nice because we give a context to the people. And then at the end, it is the indigenous themselves who speak to the people with English and French subtitles, so you can we can reach a wide uh, audience of people with different backgrounds and languages, and that is thanks to technology. Another thing is that, for example, in the communities, the flashlight is very important, but they use these batteries that are really bad and that they are not rechargeable, and they don't know how to treat this garbage. So sometimes they just throw it, and the communities are like now having. This problem of having so many batteries everywhere and they Mm. pollute the soil. So in that case for us would be nice in terms of technology to bring, for example, a solar energy or rechargeable batteries. And so just to try to bring the technology to have a balance in between the two. Tell us a little bit what it's been like for you as a family to start working together because before that you weren't working together and and then suddenly you started this project together. What have been the biggest surprises that you've experienced as a family when you started doing this this project together? I think maybe one thing is that with my sister, we didn't hang out that much through life. But then when we met each other in the project again, we can see that we like the same things, no? Even though we fight for, for little concepts like how things should be done or things like that, we have the same likes, no? We like to farm. We both know that the main thing we have to do is to grow our own food. We also like to work with the community. Like I see how we complement each other. Uh, one thing we had to do, which is very nice to tell, is that we have this, this house that was the first house where we run the kitchen now. 
-hmm. And then in that area, which is the common area, we took the decision, everyone together. So my parents, my sister, my brother-in-law, myself. So it was very difficult to even just put a, just to put a wall. The color of the wall was a problem or which (laughs) material to use. (laughs) So then we had the opportunity to buy a little bit of more land. And then in that area, we said, okay, no, we will just make two small projects. Before we kill each other, we just make two (laughs) small projects. So you will build this house and you will design this house however you want, the color you want. I will not say anything. I will just help whenever you call me. And I will do this part and I will design. And that was very good. And for example, in my sister's house, they divided the house itself. My sister, she decided at the bottom uh, room, and my brother-in-law, she decided at the top room. I, and it's uh, very nice. Tatiana, I'm married too. I do the same thing. I put him in a separate, <laughs> separate room. <laughs> Stay there. Don't come out. <laughs> and it was like she designed the top floor, and he designed the bottom floor. Nice. And it was very nice because that person leads, and we help, but we don't yeah. say anything. Okay. So it's nice because you need, sometimes you need to have a leader and everyone can follow. But it, our main problem is that we are all naturally <laughs> leaders. <laughs> so when everyone is a leader, a it's, like it's just a big fight <laughs> every time. You yeah. guys should, should meet my family. You will feel so much better. It's exactly the same problem. Everyone is an alpha. Everybody knows the best and everyone is very eloquent. Everyone can talk really well. So this morning we had a family meeting and at the end I just I stopped talking after half an hour. I was like, okay, just let it pass. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So it's been challenging, but of course it is beautiful. And then when we talk to people and people say it's also it's so nice, you are family. And also, I see that because we are a family, it's not like we didn't agree in something, so I just quit. Because we said many times, no, I will quit, I will quit. <laughs> but you never quit because you my mom is always there to say, no, 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 you cannot quit, you have to be here, this cannot, you know, you, we have to be together. For you guys, like, what were your future plans for the business in January? And what are your future plans for the business today? Because between January and now, for a lot of people their whole uh, lives have changed, right? Like forever. So um, I don't know for you guys, is there a big difference between how you were planning your future beginning of the year and now post-corona is a reality? Is there a big difference? What happened with the corona, with this new situation, is that it reinforced what we were doing. It's very nice because we found out that first it was good because it gave us some time to breathe and think because we were going very fast with the project. We always farm, we always farm, but we were focused at the end very much on the tourists coming and on the buildings. And this gave us the time to say, okay, we have to bring again to the front line the farming. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. It brought us to come back to the front line with the farming. And then also it just showed us that we were in the right, right path. So for us, more than changing what we were doing, it's like, okay, just go back to farming. We are doing it okay. We have to keep on doing it. It was a little bit hard because this project has been run by my parents' uh, economy mm-hmm. and our labor. So for for about five years, we didn't get any income. 
mm-hmm. just like the food and the insurance and everything was paid by my parents. Of course. Mm-hmm. And my sister and her husband, they went to work in, in the U.S. for some months to have some money. Mm-hmm. I was do, doing yoga classes. But what I wanted to share is that the last three months, we finally got a little bit of income from the project. Okay. We were just like, okay, she's ready to have a more normal life. We can dream to, I don't know, like get the moto, get the car. And then everything changed again. But it was nice because it just told us to, okay, you just go back to to the basics, no? To the basic farming, being together as a family and and just wait. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> what is hard is that we had a very nice teamwork and we have for workers that depend on us mm-hmm. and we would like to keep on working with them and we know we can just not say okay this is over we have to stop because they don't have anything to do and then so we are now thinking about make we never made a a loan to a bank because my parents they never liked that and we were very fortunate that we didn't have to do it because my parents had some income to help us with but now the government is giving soft loans to the small projects like us. So finally, we are thinking to get a small loan so we can keep some of the workers and we can keep developing the project. Because for us, it's actually nice to, to for two months, three months, not having people in the project. But we can, so we can work on farming, on finishing the constructions, and then the place can breathe a little bit of having people all the time. But without money, it's very difficult to keep working. You spoke, I'm assuming, with the spiritual leaders as well. As to, Do you know how they interpret the virus? Why this is happening? Do they have an explanation? Like, uh, Do they have a different explanation except, well, it just started out in China? They have been saying for a long time that the Mother Earth is talking to us, that the Mother Earth is sick. Mm-hmm. So they said, as we are sick, nature is sick. And now it's just showing how things are happening. And then we needed nature to give us the strongest message. Mm-hmm. Then, then now we have it. They also said, for example, that, which is very interesting that other communities have said that, that we shouldn't call the situation coronavirus. Like they said, please stop calling it like that, especially in La Sierra Nevada, Santa Marta. Stop calling it by thy name because you are creating that reality and you are calling that reality to our mountains. Because they really, really, and that's something we have found, they are really, really, uh, like you can see the connection between their culture and the Asian cultures Mm -hmm. because they are all the time thinking whatever you said becomes true, whatever you think becomes true. And -hmm. they always say, think positive. They talk positively and yeah, so and that also they connect, they connected with the new situation we are having. So for them, it's just naturally sick as we are sick, and as long as we don't change and start listening to nature, things will be happening like this. A tough lesson it is for us all. And uh, ladies, the the I would love to hug you right now because I think you are both wonderful and everything that you're doing is just wonderful. And it does us very good to know that you're out there doing these things and preserving a very important part of human history and human existence. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now 
on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes. 